Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host Anant. And I'm your other co-host Rakshak. Welcome to the sixth episode of NFL Masala where we talk about all new- the latest news in the NFL with a little bit of spice. So today we're going to do some Damakadar news where we just talk about some key aspects, uh, you know, news points that happened in the last week or so. And then we're going to do a schedule breakdown because the NFL schedule was just released. Uh, and we're going to talk about how our teams are going to do this year. And five games that we each want to watch over this season. So let's get started with the Damakadar news. All so right. first bit, uh, so first bit of news, Adam, is that Jarvis Landry was recently signed by the Saints. So it appears that Saints uh, are just going to become the professional team of LSU people, because you got the Honey Badger and now you got Jarvis Landry, and who knows who else they're going to sign. This was a one-year, six million dollar deal, and in my view, I think this is a very decent, low-risk signing. And they're trying to make a push for the playoffs, right? So they brought in key veteran pieces like, you know, the Honey Badger and then moving up to get Chris Olave. And then now you have Jarvis uh, Landry. And for Jameis Winston, this really solidifies your wide receiver room along with uh, Kamara and Taysom Hill out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. And Taysom Hill being used as a gadget weapon. So I feel like, you know, Jameis Winston has all the support pieces to succeed. So if he doesn't, then we know that he's just a backup, you know. And and if the Saints were able to make the playoffs this year, because last year had Jameis Winston had played, you know, in the weak NFC, uh, they probably could have pushed for a, a playoff spot, maybe a wild card spot. So I think this year they're really trying to go for that. And so that's why I think they got Jarvis Landry. I think... So with this, I think um, definitely a good move by Dennis Allen, the new head coach of the Saints, to grab him. I mean, to to finally get some kind of more weapons for Jameis Winston, as you rightfully said. And speaking of which, if you were to look, currently look at their depth chart, you have Michael, like Michael Thomas, who's returning from an injury, then Marcus Callaway and Lil Jordan Humphrey, who has started. But then again, when you're adding new weapons with Jar- with Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. Then you also have experience from Traquan Smith and little Jordan Humphrey. It definitely gives Jameis Winston some targets to work with, along with not just Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Then again, my only thing is like you're getting all those weapons, but it all depends upon the quarterback because that's the linch piece. And and the only thing is with Jameis Winston, if he if he suffers like any injury setbacks like this year, or if he doesn't perform. Then you, they also have a backup in Andy Dalton. So, so I mean, so at least like the Saints do, I could see the Saints trying to make a push for the playoffs. And, but it'll be very interesting to see what kind of offense Dennis Allen chooses to run. And then again, it's all based on Jameis Winston's performance. So I just keep an eye on that. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Now to the next one, Rakshak. So I think. This is the part where we can all moan and groan, but it will be inevitable. And apparently Tom Brady has another future aligned once he is done with the Buccaneers. You want to know what that is? No, I think I can suspect it, but go ahead, bro. All right. 
Apparently, Tom Brady will be joining Fox Sports as his lead analyst when his playing career ends. And this is a cord, and this is um this was like reported like from the Fox CEO, Lachan Murdoch. Yes, from the Murdoch family. And guess what? His um like once he retires, he has agreed to a 10-year, $375 million contract. This is like basically. <laughs> this is I don't know. I just, don't even just know. Just leave us, bro. Just just Tom <laughs> Brady. Just just leave us in peace for one year. We don't want your smug attitude just mucking up football for the rest of our lives. You know, because Tom Brady's just going to be there, and then after 10 years, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and then that's gonna keep going. So probably for the foreseeable future, we're gonna hear Tom Brady and Tom Brady alone. <sighs> and, just just and, leave us and you know what the funny thing is like he already has his own podcast via Sirius xm apparently it's called the let's go podcast and <sighs> just hearing him on his podcast it's like he does a decent job but now you you you're gonna try and get him to replace guys like joe buck and troy aikman and i mean like do you even can you even picture tom brady like working as a commentator he'd be he'd be like oh he'd be like oh yes man like look at him look at him try and make those runs i mean like he ain't no tony romo as far as i can say man but it's gonna that's be very true. interesting that's true but tom brady does have a snarky humor type of uh attitude so you know if he brings that to the table then sure go ahead you know yeah that'll be that'll be better than just hearing the drone of uh troy aikman and joe buck just trying to get troy aikman to be alive for once I think like I think they they're already two are going to be together since they've left for ESPN. So mm -hmm, hey, mm -hmm. more money for them. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, what's next on the news, my man? All right, so next up is just a kachada kachada moment by oh, no. former Packers QB Brett Favre. What? Um, yeah, he was apparently caught stealing from poor people. Pretty much. So here is the full story, right? So the Mississippi Department of Human Resources, and this is according to the Associated Press via ESPN, um, on Monday, uh, May 9th, had sued the retired NFL quarterback Brett Favre, three former pro wrestlers, and several other people and businesses to try and recover millions of misspent welfare uh, money that was intended to help some of the poorest people in the United States, which is Mississippi. Um, so they say that the defendant squandered more than $20 million in money from the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Anti-Poverty Program. Now, what I don't get is Brett Favre is a multimillionaire 10 times over, okay? Why do you need to steal from poor people, huh? Why, why, why you got to do that, man? And I people mean, think that Aaron Rodgers is the devil. Like, come on. That's <laughs> that's just ridiculous. I think, I mean, like, some people will say, like, Aaron, I mean, like, they will criticize Aaron Rodgers for that. But, man, like, stealing for poor people, dude, that's like a low blow. I mean, you, it's like almost, and I think it's like Brett Favre has committed several sins. One of them was faking his retirement to going to the Jets. That's number one for me, right? Number two is he went to the Vikings and he almost that, let that ought to be number one. <laughs> and Purple then incarnations and, of Satan. 
And then now you kind of pulled this stunt off. And interestingly, I find out that that the pro wrestlers involves a certain WWE Hall of Famer in the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I mean, far pulling this kind of stunt? Come on, man. Come on. You, you can't be doing that stuff. And I mean, like, you don't... Uh, the last thing we want is, like, an, it's another one who can beat out, like, to that other other um, team that exists as the living dumpster fire known as the Washington Commanders. I mean, to do yeah. to pull off this kind of stunt, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a, it's a sad thing to do, right? Like, it's not like you're poor and you're stealing from poor people. Like, even then, it's inexcusable. But you're an NFL quarterback, a Packer legend. Right, their entire like streets that are named after you in Green Bay. So, like, I just I don't get it, man. It's so stupid. Um, so basically, Favre was paid for speeches, but he didn't show up. Yeah, so these were like motivational speeches. He literally um, he wasn't. People, man. He he wasn't charged with any criminal wrongdoing, but it's just like unethical. It says that he has paid, uh, repaid the money, but they, uh, he still owes two hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars in interest. Hmm. My God, that that's just low. That is just low, dude. But yeah. but do you have like any other good news? Yes. So besides this aspect, jaw money gets you some money. Now, let me translate that. Jair Alexander is probably the second best corner besides Jalen Ramsey in the NFL. And Jair Alexander happens to be playing for the Green Bay Packers. He was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 2018 uh, along with... um, And now he's going to become one of the highest paid players at his position besides Jalen Ramsey. And so what they did is they signed a four-year, $84 million extension through uh, his 2026 season. So by that time, he'll basically be 30. And that means that we will have jaw money for his entire prime. And the reason why this is um, a key, like important deal is that he is receiving over $30 million signing bonus this upcoming, uh, in the first year of his contract extension, which is a record for any defensive back. And so, you know, to to go further into this one, this is after uh, the Packers recently picked up his fifth-year option on his four-year rookie contract. So what happens is... um, any NFL uh, NFL rookie who was drafted during the NFL draft signs a four-year completely guaranteed contract. Now, guaranteed means, you know, regardless of injury concerns or anything like that, that player is going to be paid. But the reason why it's guaranteed and the reason why um, this is such a important aspect, especially for NFL teams, is that it's very cheap. Like most of these contrasts, even for a number one overall pick, four years, the max would be around like $35 million. Whereas if you're like 
any top five player or top 10 player at your position, which typically like number one overall players are, you would be earning at least 15 to 20 million, 20 million dollars a year. So, you know, this is very good for NFL teams because it keeps these uh, cheap contracts and it allows teams to build around these young, talented players by adding uh, more expensive veterans. And so that's what, you know, some teams do with the, uh, for example, like the Saints and the Packers and, and teams like that. So anyways, the fifth year option is basically an option that teams can take, which is a guaranteed one year extension on their rookie contract. Now, this fifth year option is only available for first round players. If you're selected in the second round, tough luck for you. So the Packers picked up his fifth year option, which guarantees him a contract of $13.3 million. And now this basically includes a league minimum base salary of $1.076 million in his 2023 season, which would be after his uh, fifth-year extension in 2022. Uh, Fifth-year option, uh, my apologies. And then the signing bonus of $30 million. So this means that the bonus is going to be spread out over the next five seasons, and that would make uh, Jair's cap hit for the 2022 season as low as $7 million. So this means that... Uh, this move frees up about $6.2 million in salary cap space for the Packers this season. And yeah, so this means I'm going to have a beat the dole moment. Oh no, what is it? My beat the dole moment. I am going to predict that the Packers sign OBJ. What? Yeah, man. Just give the the same type of deal that the Saints gave uh, Jarvis Landry try to get him another super bowl ring with another nfc team you know let's 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 get this done my goodness so the pat i I, um but what i can say is like i definitely like jair alexander extension that means the packers front office don't please don't get insulted by this they've actually used their brains saying like oh i mean like of course like aaron Rodgers, we definitely need a quarterback because he's because i still think he's a bad man quoted by stephen a smith but jair alexander you have secured a team captain of your secondary and and basically he he's like at like reserving like keeping him along with this new look defense that you're getting with those additions of um quay walker of Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt. I think that's gonna be a very uh, that's gonna be a very stacked defense. That um, but based on that three four look, and I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. That's gonna help that area a lot. And um, but yes, definitely. Congrats to the Packers on getting that money and getting it done for John Money or Jair Alexander, and and. And like honestly, if they're able to pull off this OBJ trade, and I'm gonna have a beat the dull moment right there. If the Packers are able to sign and get OBJ, or even or even better, they can they use that kind of money, play a little play a little bit with the cap money and use it to get a bigger target, a bigger wide receiver target. You probably know where I'm gonna go with this. I think the Packers go ahead and win the Super Bowl with this one. 
win the Super Bowl. Yes. Because wow. there's another target that I'm looking into right now, man. Julio and Jones? Nah, I, I wouldn't say just OBJ. You can use it to get a certain player from from the West Coast up north. Ah, uh, I see, I see. But would you think that team would actually trade to us? I, I mean, know. And who would we trade? That's, I would. That's, that's the key thing. That will be explored later on. And 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 I know audience members, you would want to figure out who that person is, or you already know. But you'll have to wait a little bit longer. Trust me, it'll be tasty. All right. Man, okay. You've had one beat the dole moment after another, bro. Just you might, you might as well get stack it up. Yeah, exactly. Insane. All righty. So this concludes our section for the Damakedar news. And now that means we are now going to break down the, uh, the schedule that was just released by the NFL for our teams. And then we're going to talk about the five games that we want to watch the most uh, over this upcoming season. So I'm going to start with the Packers. And as Rakshak alluded to previously, the Packers made some key additions in the NFL draft this past month. And in the first round, we selected Quay Walker, a linebacker from Georgia, with our pick that we traded uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders too, uh, with uh, Devontae Adams. And then our actual pick at number 30, we drafted Devontae Wyatt, who is a interior defensive lineman who's also from Georgia. By the way, is the uh, Georgia this year won the college football nas uh, national championship by defeating Alabama. So keep that in mind. And it was the defense that had a huge impact in that game. So we drafted Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. And here's why that's important. Imagine a third down pass rush situation where you got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith as your edges, Devontae Wyatt and uh, Kenny Clark coming up the middle. You got Devondre Campbell, who was recently an All-Pro last year and was signed to a four-year deal, Chris Barnes, and now Quay Walker. Then in our secondary, you then have Ja Money, Rasul Douglas, and Eric Ooh. Stokes. <laughs> Eric Stokes, by the way, had the second highest graded um, uh, pass coverage score by the PFF for rookie last year. Second highest. Wow. So he is a lockdown corner that's just taking into form. And this year, hopefully, he can improve his game even more. So that means Rasul Douglas and uh, Eric Stokes on the outside. You got John Money in the slot and you got Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos as your safeties. How are you going to stop them? Because the 49ers couldn't. We held them to 131 passing yards. The 49ers, who have George Kittle and Debo Samuel, who frequently torch teams with their yak. So basically yards, yards, after, for, yards, yeah, after catch. yards after catch. And we stifled them without Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. So just to let you know, the Packers defense this is a beat the dull moment here. Okay. If everybody stays healthy. The Packers defense is a top three defense next year. Ooh, 
the funny thing is i can actually imagine that and when you're mad and when and the funny thing is like when you're telling me about that scenario with all those with like that new defensive line coming in i literally had goosebumps dude and mm -hmm. i think is there a i mean and like if i'm like play if i'm the qb if, uh, an opposing qb seeing that thing do i have the option of waving a white flag you do, you do, but you know, you just have to try and wave it quickly enough before Rashawn Gary bull rushes the guard to, <laughs> or, or right tackle to just smack you down. Or, you know, Jair Alexander comes in from a slot blitz and then just, you know, hammers you into the ground with his just elite athleticism. Okay. Or All Preston right. Smith just grabs you from your back and slams you down. Who knows? You Who just got to be quick enough. You can't be Tom Brady. <laughs> mm -hmm. No talk roll this time. No talk exactly, roll. Exactly, exactly. And so with that defensive addition and the fact that we really um, not revamped, but restocked our wide receiver room with several young rookie wide receivers, first off being Christian Watson, who we traded up in the second round with the Vikings of all teams to get at pick number 36 i believe or 34 34 pick number 34 we traded up uh picks 53 and 59 with the vikings to draft christian watson a wide receiver out of north dakota and during um during our draft coverage and our post-draft recap i'd mentioned that you know i was a little hesitant at making this a good draft grade for the Packers because I really thought they could have drafted someone like a George Pickens who had a, a more solid uh, career in his college. But Christian, uh, Christian Watson does have the elite athleticism, the speed, the size that the Packers are looking for to be a really good deep threat um, for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we did sign Sammy Watkins, who can be that, you know, middle of the field type of guy. Uh, we do have Randall Cobb for what that's worth, you know, who's a reliable target for Aaron Rodgers. Not saying our wide receiver room is the greatest in the NFL, but, you know, it's it's workable, especially given that Aaron Rodgers said that he's going to be working with the young guys in Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dubs. Uh, oh. who we picked up in the fourth round and Samari Toure in the seventh round, I believe. He did say that he was going to work with them and try and uh, establish a relationship with them. And, um, you know, hopefully some good chemistry happens and, you know, maybe we won't be a top 10 offense, but hopefully a top 15 offense and like a top three defense. And if that happens, I predict that we go 13 and four. We keep the same thing that we've been doing the past you know, three years, just going, just winning 13 games a season and then going into the playoffs, hopefully this time to go farther than the NFC championship. But let's see, uh, let's see what happens in the preseason. And the four losses that I predict we're going to have, one is going to be the, uh, to the Vikings because for some God forsaken reason, we constantly lose to that stupid purple incarnations of Satan team, courtesy of Tom Grassi. Uh, he actually refers to them as purple incarnation of Satan. Um, I don't know why, but for two of the past three years, we have lost to the Vikings once. Uh, for some reason, that stupid purple team with their stupid horns and their stupid <laughs> field and stupid fans 
just annoying fan base. Oh, trust me, I know the feeling. Uh, I know the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you do. Um, yeah, so it's gonna happen. We're just gonna lose one game. Either Justin Jefferson's gonna go go off, or Adam Thielen's gonna go off, or somehow Dalvin Cook is gonna like run for three touchdowns or something nonsense like that. But that's gonna happen. Uh, besides that rant, we do have to face the Bucks, the Bills, and the Rams. And I think we lose to all three of them. Bucks because Tom Brady came back and Tom Brady just has dark magic every time he picks up a football. And, you know, this year is 2022. And if you guys remember, Tom Brady's dark magic runs wild in even years. So let's think about this, right? Since 2014, every even year, he's basically won the Super Bowl. 2014, he won by beating the Seahawks. We all know that game where Michael Butler, you know, Russell Wilson throwing it at the one-yard line instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. What 2016 fail. was 28-3. to 2018 <laughs> was probably the most boring Super Bowl in the history of existence. You know, 10-3 oh, yeah. against the Rams. Um, and then 2020, he won with the Bucks. So yeah. 2022, he's with the Bucks again. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see yeah, what boy. happens. And the funny thing about that thirteen to three game, like it was like against the the Rams, it was a it, um. And when I was and when I when I was off like watching that game with some friends, the funny thing was like during halftime, it got so boring. Like I literally had to ask the guy, "Hey, can I get a cup of coffee?" It's like, yeah. "Why are you getting a cup of coffee?" Because the game is so boring. I'm rarely seeing any action. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just it's so sad that we had to endure that. You know, Tom Brady just did Tom Brady things. Anyways, we're not here talking about Tom Brady. We're here talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So then we're going to we're gonna lose to the Bills. And the reason why is that I think the Bills are a very strong team that are going to make some serious noise in the AFC playoffs, as we've seen in the past couple of years. And I just think we're not good enough on offensive side to beat the bills. I think our defense is good enough to handle the bills offense, you know, make uh Quay Walker uh, be the spy on Josh Allen and then have, you know, Eric Stokes, who's uh speedy uh, shut down uh, Stefan uh, Diggs. You know, John money is just rotating around, just shutting down anybody he uh, lines up against. So I think our defense could hold bills, but I think our offense would, um, wouldn't be too strong to beat the bills defense. And that's why I think it's, it's going to be a close game, but we lose to them. And then the Rams, I think I, I just don't know how the Rams just keep, just keep getting away with defeating the salary cap. So that's going to happen. So yeah, that's that's why I think um, we're going to go thirteen and four, not because of our defense, but surprisingly because of our offense. Because I just don't know how Aaron Rodgers is going to perform without the number one target in Adams. Now we have gone seven and zero in games without Devontae Adams, but those were all you know uh, one off games, not really uh, you know a couple games here and there. That it wasn't like sustained over a long period throughout the season where defenses have the ability to catch up to you. Um, now we'll see because we'll see if Aaron Rodgers can spread the ball around uh, a lot. Um, then I think our pass game is 
it's not like it's going to take a hit. It will take a hit, but it won't be that drastic. Um, and our run game is still going to be solid. We, we, we probably have top five running tandem, let's say, top five running tandem in the, uh, in the NFL. So, yeah, our defense, as I said before, is probably going to be top three uh, if, we, um, if we stay healthy. And in the playoffs, I could see us beating San Francisco finally, and then the Rams um, maybe. But um, I feel like we may lose to the Bucks in the championship yet again, and um, that'll probably because our offense makes a costly mistake. Our special teams. Let's see how it can improve with uh, Ray Bisaccia, um, who we picked up from Las Vegas. So we'll see, but yeah, that's, that's why I think we go 13 and four. We lose to the Vikings, the Bucks, the Bills and the Rams. Um, and we are, I, I hope, and I'm beating the dole on this, that we at least make top five, but definitely top three, uh, defense. If everybody stays healthy and, um, if we do have major injuries then maybe top 10, and uh, I think our offense is probably going to be top 15. It won't be top five. Like it was in 2020 or even last year, but uh, I think we'll still be a, a competitive offensive team, maybe score like 24, 25 points a game with our defense holding it for like teams uh, for around like 20 points a game, 22 points a game maybe. So let's see. Now off to you, Rakshak. Wow. Um, def- I can I can see definitely from your side, it's like a lot more realistic, 13 and four, but Especially with those wins, I mean the, the losses against the Vikings, Bucks, Bills, and Rams. I I'm gonna have a beat the dull moment. I do not I think like even if they have a new even if the Vikings have a new coach with Kevin McConnell, I'm going to call a sweep. Packers fans get some broomsticks ready because I honestly think that that defense is gonna be too much for Kirk Cousins. And oh, the, oh. yes, I mean like get your I mean go to the nearest dollar store, go to Walmart. I mean, if you want to order from Amazon Prime, go ahead and do that. Get your broomsticks out. It's going to be a sweep, honestly. But now, on to my team from the NFC East. That is the one and only Philadelphia Eagles. And it and so far, it um, this offseason has been very, very interesting. And one of the biggest things that that this team, or like what, what the Eagles have done, is that Howie Roseman... Yes, the Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman, the guy who drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson from what I've, which I will still not, I'll still not get over that fact. Like, and, and, and I'm going to be hurt. That must hurt. It re, I mean, I mean like Jalen Rager, the human being, like, of course, like I love, I love the guy, but as a player, I don't know. It, It just, it just pains me. And some boneheaded decisions like picking Andre, Dillard and JJ Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. But other than that, he is finally. I mean, the fact is like when people are criticizing Howie Roseman, he tends to do great things. And the way he did it is through the draft. I mean, you're I, I mean, like, I mean, if you look at the additions like during the offseason, grabbing guys like Hassan Reddick, uh, Hassan Reddick from the Carolina Panthers, who by the way, he's a temple product and returns back to home in Philadelphia. And he plays at that edge, uh, adding us like as, as another edge rusher, and, and who, who can also play outside linebacker. 
great. Then you grab Kazir White from, from the LA Chargers, who I believe he has led the Chargers in interceptions last year. But he definitely helps with more of the coverage style. And then the draft. Yes, the 2022 NFL draft that occurred. I was very impressed that the Howie Roseman was able to address the one of the biggest needs, and that was the linebacker position. But first, grabbing a guy like Jordan Davis, I mean, and I want you to imagine this, Anand. You got Brandon Graham on one side. You got Fletcher Cox in the middle. Then you have Javon Hargrave, who can rotate with Jordan Davis. And then on the edge, you could see Josh Sweat or Derek Barnett. And imagine that defensive line, because that's what, what the Eagles' biggest strengths when, when, when making that Super Bowl run. That defensive line created so much pressure and wrecked habit. Seeing a dude like Jordan Davis on that thing, what's your first impression of that? Not as good as the Packers. Okay. To each of their own. <laughs> to each of their own. But like, but like, but I mean, just think about it. Thinking about this lineup that you got, and you have this big dude, Jordan Davis, like staring at you in the middle, that like he can probably take up a lot of the pressure. And I mean, a lot of like, a lot of like O lines like trying to stop him, and then you can have guys like caught like have like opportunities opportunists like Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave to like come in and like attack the middle line and, and, and attack the QB, creates so much pressure, which really helps. And then even better, the AJ Brown trade heard around the world. Oh I'm my god, still shocked you guys got that through. I'm like, how did Tennessee? Miss, miss this opportunity i think like trading some pick for like a first rounder but like the eagles like getting some good compensation for aj brown definitely brings gives jalen hurts a lot of weapons to work with and then which i'll get to later but then in the third round i thought this was one of the biggest ones because one of our two linebackers that we projected that will come into the first round dropped to the third round that is nicobe dean from georgia who was the team captain of that georgia defensive thing very smart linebacker by the way he's a three point he's like almost like it has like a 4.0 gpa graduated with a mechanical engineering degree by the way so engineers ho holler up but like the guy he can run sideline to sideline meaning that Meaning, like, if he spots like a running, if he sees like plays occurring from the sideline, he has that speed to grab that. He has that recognition. He was again, he was a captain. And but what it, but like what it does, it gives so much. It makes that defense so much better. And then secondaries with their, and again, like a recent addition of a cornerback from James Bradbury from the New York Giants, who is actually one of the top zone coverages, you pair him up with Darius Slay on the opposite. That defense looks so much better. And then I'm hearing reports that Marcus Epps, who's moved to strong safety, he's raising a lot of eyes uh, in a good way for Jonathan Gannon. So that defense looks so much better on paper. But then again, we have to see it up. Uh, we have to see it up on the field. But let me talk about my boy, AJ Brown. Man, having him from Tennessee, like, it gives Jalen Hurts so much weapons to work with. I mean, he, I mean, and there's no excuse for Jalen Hurts this time. I mean, you have he has my, uh, like guys like Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott as the running backs, and then imagine this wide receiver room: AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and Quez Watkins. And don't forget a tight end who has emerged after Zach Ertz left: da Dallas Goddard. 
stepping up. And I think what it does, it it says that Nick that Howie Roseman is giving Jalen Hurts this moment. Like, this is it. Like, you need to see, we need to see how well are you going to perform. We've given you the weapons. This is the time to pay that rent. And um, and one note that I one thing that I've noticed is that um, there were reports that Nick Sirianni gave up play callings in the last season, and, and like in the previous in that previous season, midway, which is why we saw the Eagles transition from that pass heavy to that run heavy run heavy uh, style of offense, which led them to the playoffs to that wild card game and that stomping loss to the Buccaneers of all teams. But this means that Sirianni's understanding like, yes, I got, I got a little bit humbled, but it gives me more opportunities to help rally this team together and make better decisions. Switching, leaving the play calling to Shane Steichen, good, good option. That's what Doug Peterson did. Left the play calling to Frank Reich during that Super Bowl run. And now look at, I mean, but based on this depth chart and some of the additions that I'm seeing with the Eagles, I think this is definitely going to be a very strong team. And then again, they're playing in the week in one of the weakest divisions, but as my, as history recalls, they're playing with a division that has all Super Bowl that all teams have Super Bowl champions, by the way. But um, no, no rub on the Packers. I mean, Packers will have more than all of them combined, to be honest. Um, just saying, Anand. Just saying. I got but, you, um, bro. Anyways, they could. I think that the Eagles will definitely win the NFC East division. I can literally see this happening. And a couple of things that I've. And it all depends upon the Cowboys. And the, and sometimes like there's a possibility that the Cowboys could sweep the Eagles, but then again, because Dak Prescott has been Jalen Hurts like twice last year or yeah twice so far and um but then again it all depends upon Dak Prescott and that coaching of Mike McCarthy and if you have anything to say to Mike McCarthy I'm giving you a little bit of that time my man you know it's just it's a complicated situation because yeah he was great in his early career but so was Aaron Rodgers like it was Aaron Rodgers who pulled us into that Super Bowl um you know, Mike McCarthy, yeah, he was there, but towards I, I think it was just a necessary breakup. But I don't want to say that I feel bad for Cowboys fans, but I do feel bad for Cowboys fans that they're stuck with Mike McCarthy. I think they need to start innovating and I don't think Mike McCarthy's the answer for that. I think, you know I think his like coaching career is done. I don't want anybody to be fired, but I don't think he should. He deserves to be the head coach um, after all the blunders that he had this past year. But I'm glad that he's the head coach for the Cowboys because Cowboys fans can suffer through another year of painful breakup because, as Stephen A. Smith lovingly says, mockingly every single year, what can go, go wrong, wrong will, will go, go wrong. wrong. The Cowboys are just an accident waiting, waiting to, happen. to happen. I love it, my man. I love so, it. Yeah, that's, that's what I have to say. And I mean, uh, and yes, definitely with you on that. Uh, but for like us for Eagles fans, we need to be realistic on this option. This is the year for Jalen Hurts to prove. Can he win against those type of great quarterbacks? And with that being in mind, after looking through the, through the, the, the Eagles schedule, I would say minimum of nine wins, 
to a maximum of 11 to 12 wins. I could push for 13, by the way. They could go 13 and 4. And some of those losses, of course, there'll be a split with the Cowboys. We maybe win at home or win on the opposing side. And then, yes, they could maybe lose to the Commanders, to the Washington Commanders, if Carson Wentz actually plays well. But then knowing that they're the Commanders, it's not probably not going to happen because that team, because I don't know what, what they're going to be doing with their offense. And if Wentz fails to perform at the very beginning of the season, I mean, you have Taylor Heineke taking over and then somehow Heineke plays like caliber. And then sometimes I would say of loss of the Vikings because Kirk Cousins, this is an infuriating fact. Kirk Cousins is six and three in his career against the Eagles. It's ridiculous. It's like he he decide uh, uh, and the fact is like they play he decides to go full on Joe Montana like uh, against us. It, it really really pains me. I don't just don't like it. But some of the losses I could I can realistically see is pos is uh, with the Colts because Matt Ryan he's a little bit better. But then again, we don't know about that type of offense. Uh, either the Titans or the Cardinals because those two could be a trap game. Packers, of course, because I mean, in a million years, you take Aaron Rodgers over Jalen Hurts, mind you. Like, there's no question. And Thank if you. they're Thank and you. if they're like any Eagles fans arguing arguing me with this man, I was like, yeah, I mean, like guys, you need a reality check. Aaron Rodgers is better. He's a better talent. He, I mean, he's a better quarterback. He has, he knows how to work with the talent around. Jalen Hurts may have all the weapons, but he's not there yet. Not yet. I want to see it. I want to see if he can progress. So 9-11 wins. I could see, I could see um, the Eagles going 11-6. and six, And definitely they will make it to the playoffs. And they could, and I can see them as winning the wild card, wild card like against a, a team like the Saints. Because I still don't trust Dennis Allen or Jameis Winston as, as, as like your top two, the top two guys. And they'll definitely fail in the division round, but that is the goal for Eagles for us Eagles fans. I want us to be realistic here. Take the realistic approach. Don't shoot for the stars. Don't say like, "Oh, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl." No chance in hell that's happening. Go, go past the first round, or or win the NFC East, and and if you can make it com competitive in the divisional round, hey, by all means, go for it. I think that's fair. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think the Eagles in a weak NFC East division, they have the capability to win, you know, 10, 11, maybe 12, but I think like 10, like 11 is a stretch probably depending on how Jalen Hurts plays. Um, I still think the Eagles are still like one more year away uh, with some more key pieces added especially on that uh, defensive, uh, like, secondary position. Um, but, you know, I can see them winning 10, 11 games maybe um, as their ceiling, defeating the Cowboys for the NFC East title. Mm. Um, but yeah, more realistically, it's probably going to be, like, 9 and 8 maybe. Mm, um, I can see that repeat. Because, like, Jalen Hurts is still learning. I don't think he sh he's shown enough from last year to prove that he can be a season-to-season -season winning franchise QB. Um, I think he needs to sh show more than that, more than what he did last year, to uh, show that they're going to be a consistent playoff team. 
especially uh, uh, at least in the NFC, because AFC is basically taking the power uh, struggle now between the two conferences. You know, for the past uh, a decade or so, it's been yeah. the NFC. But now with the young talent at QBs at the AFC, like the top eight QBs uh, from the NFC are probably in the top 15 uh, or maybe even in the top 12 of QBs in the entire NFL. And so yes, hundred percent on that. And yeah. def and one more thing is like remember if Jalen Hurts doesn't do so well and the Eagles like of course they flounder. Remember they have two first round picks for next year, and they can use those picks to move up and grab a great uh, and grab some really good QBs from there because that QB draft looks so much better. I mean, think about it: Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those two guys. I'm banging the table on this one, but hey, if Hurts doesn't work out. You got some options for next year. And if Hertz does work well, good for him. Good for the birds. And anyway, I'm just hoping for the best. Fly Eagles fly on this one. Exactly. Now I'm going to move to the section where we're going to talk about the five games that we want to look out for through this season. And so I'm going to start with my list. And it starts off with the Bills and the Chiefs. And here's why. This is going to be an epic rematch of a fantastic divisional game last year where you know the Chiefs beat the Bills 42 to 36 heartbreaking oh. overtime win uh loss for the Bills um you know and fantastic win for the Chiefs last year and you know unfortunately for Bills fans the Chiefs win in another nail-biter this year. Once again, um, that's what I'm predicting is going to happen. I Pause. do want to see how many points the Chiefs score without Tyreek Hill in this game. Go ahead. And and with this one, I mean, I could definitely see that happening in the preseason. I mean, in this type of season, man. But I have a beat-the-dull moment right here. I honestly think, like, I mean, even with this lot, even with this first thing, I'm gonna. We're probably gonna be seeing a rematch of this in the in the AFC Championship, and this time, the Bills win this one and they march their way to the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. So Bill, and and these and and yes, I may be um appeasing some fans like in my area of upstate New York, but you know, but I can actually see this happening because the Chief is. It's all depends upon that Chiefs weapons. How are they going to function with that Tyreek Hill, and? And I honestly, this receiving core, I mean, Skymore has been untested. We already know about MBS, and you have to deal with Corvette, Corvette, Juju Smith Schuster, and yes. Nico Hardman. But, uh, but honestly, it's like I, I see like the Bills having more options, and you have a stronger defense with Von Miller. So, might beat the Dole. Bills, they will see each other in the AFC Championship. Bills are, are win this one handily, and they go to the Super Bowl on this one. Nice. Nice. All right. So my next game is going to be the Bills again, but this time it's a good result for you guys. Um, the Bills and the Ravens. Now, here we are going to see two running QB gods rematch. And here's why. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are two of the best, if not the best, running QBs that we've seen in like the past 20 years, probably. Um, both have like double digit rushing touchdowns. And we all know 
um, Lamar Jackson's just like incredible, just uh, shiftiness and like just making guys go to the hospital with broken ankles. <laughs> That's his talent, you know. So I feel like this is going to be a fantastic, uh, you know, matchup between two running QBs, and more importantly, it's it's going to be a good matchup of a health potentially healthy run offense of the Ravens with a solid Bills defense. But I think the Bills win because they have a more talented offense than the Ravens. I think, you know, the Ravens. I feel like they're a, a still a little bit too run heavy. And I think the Bills, like we saw two years ago in 2021, uh, the Bills did beat the Ravens back then, 17-3. to So I feel like that's going to happen again. And the Bills are going to beat. But this is probably going to be a closer game. But I feel like the Bills are going to beat the Ravens. And another thing that I had to say about the Bills and Chiefs game is that we could see an improved defense on both sides from the Bills and the Chiefs. And that's because the Bills and the Chiefs both made, um, you know, key moves in the first round to shore up their secondaries. Bills by drafting uh, Kair Elam after uh, trading with Arizona for number um, 25. And then the Chiefs trading with the Patriots to number 21 to draft my beat the dull moment uh, that I've had for this entire offseason. Trent McDuffie, who's going to be the number one QB from this draft. The that's, number that's one corner? Corner, corner. Yeah, sorry. Not huh. QB. CB, CB. Oversauce Gardner. Yes, Oversauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. Ooh, I think he I just has that potential this. because my my comp for him is Jair Alexander. And you all know how I feel about John Money. So I feel like Trent McDuffie is going to have that same type of a, um, a season. And he's going to be a, a great ma a match for that Chiefs defense that likes to blitz. So now we move on to my third game. It's going to be another Chiefs game, but this is going to be with the Bengals. So Bengals Chiefs, as we all remember last year, defeated the Chiefs. 27-24 in the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. In overtime. In overtime. Man, that was just a, a fantastic game. I that was just a fun game. I, I love the Bengals story, man. And I feel like they're riding um, on that high from last year of beating the AFC champs. Um, you know, so, uh, quote-unquote, like the renewed dynasty of the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the Bengals beat them. And I feel like this year that run is going to end for the Bengals because there's only so many games you can go. Um, being the new kid on the block for the Bengals, uh, it, it kept the team, uh, it kept the NFL unprepared. But rest assured, the NFL is going to prepare for the Bengals this year, upcoming year. And you know, as we saw last year in the Super Bowl. Pressure getting to Joe Burrow is going to cost the Bengals games. And I feel like pressure coming from the Chiefs D-line is going to do the same thing for the Bengals. And that's why the Chiefs could win for this game. So, yeah. Now on to my fourth matchup. This is going to be a hometown uh, matchup. Because I just wanted to watch this match. You know, and just see... 
are basically one team's record against another team just continue. And that is the Packers against the Cowboys. I just want to see our win streak against the stupid, pathetic Cowboys continue. Um, (laughs) This is going to be in Lambeau Field. I'm hoping that I'll be able to watch that game. Uh, We'll see. Um, It is going to be an epic game because the Packers are going to destroy the Cowboys. I'm going to have such a fun time watching that game because I'm going to see CD lamb get crushed and uh, stomped over by John money, you know, (laughs) and Eric Stokes combo. Rasul Douglas is going to capture whoever is there at number two for the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is just, Who's Ezekiel Elliott at this point? I mean, he can run two yards. He's not even going to run two yards of carry against Kenny he Clark probably, and Rashawn Gary. probably run a combo. Exactly. <laughs> um, Tony Pollard, for whatever reason, is still being underutilized by the uh, Cowboys, but I think he's going to get shut down. And then just just the quad father and quadzilla combination of uh, A.J. Dillon. He's going to run through stupid... Um, What's this guy's name? What's oh, the edge rusher? Uh, what's, Micah what's, Parsons. What's Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's just going to bulldoze him. And, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is going to Tank sit Lawrence. on his butt. Yeah, Tank Lawrence <laughs> is just going to be blown <laughs> apart by A.J. Dillon. Um, future Quadzilla. Uh, it's going to be November, winter time in Lambeau Field. Hopefully a heavy snowstorm comes and A.J. Dillon just runs on that. You know, they just he just runs through that Cowboys defense for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So I feel like we're just gonna crush these idiots, so-called America's team. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and, I can imagine a Stephen A. segment going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now on to my last game. It's going to be the Ravens and the Bucks, and here, um. I think this is a very intriguing matchup because we have a top run defense from the Buccaneers with uh, featuring Vita Vea and Devin White and Levante David uh, and their uh, returning healthy secondary against a top rush offense with the Ravens featuring, um, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson, but also J.K. Dobbins and Gus the Bus Edwards um, and their renewed offensive line in the Ravens. Uh, So I feel like this is going to be a good matchup of that. And also, how Brady matches up against the new healthy Ravens secondary because you do have Marlon Humphrey. And then now you also drafted Kyle Hamilton as your top safety. I feel like this is going to be an intriguing matchup for both sides of the ball. But unfortunately, I think uh, the Bucks are going to win because Brady's going to pull so, pull off some dark magic in the last 10 seconds of the game and just, you know, hoodwink Kyle Hamilton and the Ravens secondary for a uh, close victory. Unfortunately, Ravens fans, I feel sorry for you guys, but I uh, think uh, Brady's got this one in the bank. And that concludes my list of top five games that I want to look out for this year. Rakshak, what do you think? Wow. I have to admit, these games are looking good, but I am circling my calendar day for Packers and Cowboys, man. I, mm-hmm. and, um, and definitely, I, do, I think Ravens and Bucks 
I have a beat the dull moment. I think this will be the time where Kyle Hamilton will have some kind of shining moment. I think that he will show that why he will become a team captain. He's going to be like the future Ed Reed man for sure. Whoa. That's I, a strong comparison there. Because I think, because remember, like he was like the top safety of that entire defense, entire draft, and him coming out of Notre Dame. And I think if, if he's able to bring that leadership quality, it does remind me of like Ed Reed back when he was with the Ravens, him and Ray Lewis. Um, there's this interesting tape. Um, I recommend guys for you to watch it. Ed Reed and Lewis, um, they're already like retired. They go teach a seminar to like rookies about how to watch tape and the detail and that intelligence. Hamilton has something like this. He's going to be the future Ed Reed on this for a long time to come. And now with my five matchups, and I recently I had to change one, and I will save that for last. But first, my first game I would like to take a look into is the Bills and the Bengals. Why? The, I am all into storylines. I love a good, like any Hindi movie or any Tamil, um, Telugu film that you watch, you always love good stories, right? Exactly. I mean, most of Bollywood is just based off of good stories. Oh yeah, the boy meets girl, girl meets boy. You add mm -hmm. you add in two, three things, but exactly. the man. But here's but here's a good masala film for you to watch. Bills and Bengals, Josh Allen against Joe Burrow. It's like, and I think this is going to be a, a I think this is going to be a great matchup because you're looking at this Bengals O line against this new look Bills defense. I mean, with the addition of Von Miller and and a returning Tre'Davious White. And then, and oh yeah, and what else? You got Kair Elam on the opposite corner, who's like a clone of Tredavious White. He's, it's going to be very tough for, for Joe Burrow to repeat this kind of performance that he had last year. Because I think everyone would have known how to like match up with Jamar Chase and T and Trey Hig and T Higgins. And he does, and Josh L and um, Joe Burrow doesn't have CJ Uzoma, who that that tie, that dependable tied in and um who's now gone to the jets but looking at this bills defense i think this is i think this is more of like that type of missing this missing link that the bills might have been looking for to see can we go up against these type of teams that have been to the super bowl back and forth right and i on and and then you have like that captaincy of like greg Rousseau and ed oliver that defense along with Shaq Lawson, Tremaine Edwards, then you're bringing like, again, a Super Bowl champion, like in Von Miller who can guide you the way. I think this is going to be a, an upcoming party for the bills. Bills mafia, get those tables ready, my man. My next matchup is of course, NFC East Eagles and the Cowboys, any two games. <laughs> it, and I think that's the only NFC East rivalry that is legitimate. I hate, and I'm gonna be blunt with everyone. I hate cat. I hate the Cowboys because back then they used to be good, and then of course their fans brag about their five Super Bowl rings. And remember, the last time they won a Super Bowl ring, I believe I was trying to make my way through kindergarten. And 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 of course, David Akers rightfully said those draft picks weren't born. And and. And then I think this is a good one because with all the weapons that Jalen Hurts has, does he have the ability to be a top quarterback in Dak Prescott and, ha and, 
and have that opportunity to sweep the Cowboys. And I say it's going to be a split because some stupid thing happens. And especially with the Cowboys being so-called America's team. I mean, yeah, I mean, America's team haven't, haven't, I mean, you need, you knew in three games in a row in the, in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. What was the last time they won it? Oh yeah. 1996. So calm down, get to reality. Please, I am begging you, Cowboys fans, do it for the sake of the NFL. Like, do it for all of us. Be like the Vikings. You're like, of course, be like a meaning like you know you gotta set your expectations really, really low. That is all I will say. And no, you're not gonna win another Super Bowl. And that's my beat the dull moment. Cowboys will not win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> is that really a beat the dull moment? You know, because that's really I, what is it? A normal moment in the NFL because the Cowboys <laughs> just don't win. They don't have the capacity to win. Like they're not a they're not a winning franchise, at least in the 21st century. So mm. you do have that. Okay. And then the next one I got is the Chargers, Chargers and the Chiefs. I think this is I think like right now the AFC West is literally going to be a bloodbath, my man. I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks, you got Derek Carr with new weapons, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson. Dang. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think this would be like, I think this is the part where you, we being casual NFL fans, we don't need to care about who we're going to support. Just watch and have, and have those two teams battle out. Chargers and Chiefs. And then, Imagine you're the Chargers and you get a revamped defense after trying to force what would have been an epic tie against the Raiders and almost getting to the mm-hmm. to the playoffs. I think that would have been that that would have been fun, but then everyone was like asking for the tie, but it didn't happen. But anyways, like the addition of Khalil Mack, that defense is gonna look so much better. Joey Bosa on one end, Khalil Mack on the other end, and then Asante Samuel and Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel Jr. and Bryce Callahan, um, and then also the other end, J.C. Jackson. I think who I believe, um, and 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 like and with all of these type of like that Chargers defense looks so much better, and and then of course. Uh, we also have to look into the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, and Justin Herbert, who and who I honestly think he has done. He has been progressing very well in the past couple of seasons, in like the last two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and with the and with the and with now that he has a new revamped revamped line. I mean, backing up with Rashawn Slater, they got um, who was it that they got? Zion Johnson, right guard. I mean, I thought that was like one of the best moves that the Chargers could have gotten to reinforce that offensive line. And and the and my storyline is can Justin Herbert take the next steps and progressions and lead the Chargers to the AFC West title? And and then again, you also have to look into Patrick Mahomes. What is he gonna do without Tyree Kill? Without that speed threat? I mean, and then again, I said, who are their wide receivers again? MVS. Corvette, Corvette, Juju, Miko Harbin, and um, I mean, of course, he's gonna like feed Travis Kelsey multiple times. And I honestly don't know who might I honestly don't know what's gonna happen within this one. I I could see them definitely going split, 
What do you see, Anand, on this one? Do you got anything for me that can help out? I do feel like it's going to be a split um, between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, I do think that the Chargers win the division, though. And Ooh. I feel like the Chiefs are going to lose out oh. in the AFC West. Now, this is going to be uh, in an upcoming episode about what I think is going to happen in the NFL uh, for this season uh, with each of these uh, teams. But, yeah, I think it's going to be split because I feel like the Chiefs can defeat the Chargers in Kansas City. Uh, but uh, actually, you know, it's so close, though, because... Each team has their own strengths and weaknesses, right? Let's let's see how the Chargers handle against uh, a potent run offense because their run defense last year was pathetic. It was absolutely horrendous, garbage. Exactly. So, you know, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And then the Chiefs, you know, they've revamped their defense, but like you said, the Chargers brought in Khalil Mack. So having Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa coming off as your two edge rushers. We'll see how the Chiefs' offensive line can handle that. And like you said, we'll see how the Chargers' offensive line can handle that. And, um, yeah, it's 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 really a toss-up at this point awesome. until we get to the season. Yeah, and then my last two games, here's here's check this one out. I'm looking at week one, Bills versus Rams. I honestly think this is going to be a – this could be a Super Bowl preview. I honestly think this could happen because you're looking at – what I mean, I mean, if you want to see and and me being like a storyline type of dude, and also looking at the players, you're looking at Josh Allen and that and that offense going up against that Rams defense without Von Miller, mind say. And it's like, and I think this is the moment for the Rams. You won your Super Bowl, great. Are you? How are you going to back it up and against a really really tough Bills defense, a really tough Bills team? It's going to be a very close matchup. And it's the same thing for and and it's the same thing for Josh Allen. Does he have what it takes to go up against this uh, to go up against a future Super Bowl opponent in the Rams? And 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 but and one thing that stands out is Von Miller because I think he can be a dif a difference maker when he was part of that that Ram that Rams defense that won the Super Bowl. He he showed that great leadership and he showed them how to win the, these types of games. And now now uh, now going back. Now that he's with the Bills again, with that line with um, Gregory Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Kair Elam, Tre'Davious White, and Von Miller as your co as your, like your main captain, I honestly think this is going to be this is going to be a fun battle to watch out. Two teams going banging out, it'll be very close. And I honestly don't have a winner on this one. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I just mm -hmm. would love to watch this game. And my final game I'm going to call out is a week eight matchup. Packers versus Bills. You said this could be a loss, Anand. But then mm -hmm. again, see, uh, this is a close to the midway point of the season. Things can change because the NFL is full of surprises. And I have a beat the doll moment. We could be looking at a potential Super Bowl matchup in the future. Whoa. Whoa. I am seeing... Wow. I can okay. imagine Packers and Bills going at it because you have to look at the... I mean, if you you told me your wide receivers. You have Amari Rogers, Sammy Watkins, and um, can you can you go ahead and quickly tell me? 
Yeah, so our wide receiver room is um, uh, Amari Rogers, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Samari Toure, and uh, Romeo Dubs. Yeah, and I and Alan heard... Lizard Lazard, by the way. Oh yeah. By the way, um, like early, oh, like a while back, um, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I was listening to like um, a, one of my old podcasts, Fourth and John, which is um run by which is run by a group of Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um, I know like one of the guys, Gail Saunders and Evan Hollywood Hearns, they actually did a, um, they, they did a draft preview of Romeo dubs. He, he's definitely has that speed. Man. He definitely has a speed factor, ran a four point. I think he ran a 4.5 in the combine, but he's definitely faster for sure. And yeah, um, he has what people call that game speed rather than the straight line speed that you see in the um, NFL combine. Yes, but he's a better route runner than Christian Watson. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I and it all depends upon like the the the, the abilities of Christian Watson. And, and but the thing is, like the one thing that you have to admire about Aaron Rodgers is that regardless of like the type of players that he has on the field, he can he has this way of manipulating that uh, working that offense to win games. Aaron Rodgers has that capability of doing these things. And mm-hmm. this is the test for that Bills defense. And if you want to flip it vice versa, think about Josh Allen going up against that Green Bay monster defense. Like, God, what mm-hmm. are you going to be doing about this? And, and, and I mean, and if you were to look at the matchups and look at compare it paper to paper, Stefan Diggs, Gabe, uh, R- Gabriel Davis, who had a career game against the, um, the Chiefs, Jamison Crowder and coming back. And then, of course, they signed the putt god, Matt Ariza. <laughs> I'm like, which I find it to be like amazing. And and a, and a returning like Devin Singletary, James Cook. And remember, Josh Allen has legs. He has made people miss. He has broken ankles. And I think this will be a big test for the for that Josh Allen guy. As I said before, can you go up against this type of Rams defense and Matt Stafford? This is the thing where he has to see how he can prove up against that Packers defense. And I think Aaron Rodgers will find ways to like beat that Bills defense, knowing Aaron Rodgers. But my beat the dull moment is here. Week 8 is that preview. NFL, that Super Bowl matchup between the Packers and the Bills, I'm calling it. All righty. So that concludes our section of looking at the five games that we want to look out for this NFL season. And that actually concludes our episode for today. So folks, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And if you guys have any questions that you want to hit us up with, reach us out at nflmasala at gmail.com spelled as nflmasala at gmail.com. And we thank you for listening and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. So we're going to hit you with our signature sign off. Go Pack Go. And fly, Eagles fly. Take care, guys.